1: Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 63, Brad Marchand. That's an easy one. It's the very, the common one. Yeah. Good, good, good call. You, got, you
0: searched that up before. Can I beat that? No, no, no.
1: I I did. I actually didn't. That's um, so, so common that it's like immediately recognizable. 63, no,
0: I don't have anything else right now.
1: I got nothing other than Marchand. No, Famous anyone? athlete, 63, Gene Upshaw. Okay, well, Gene Upshaw. He's been passed away now for a long literally time. I literally don't know who that is. Okay. I do. Offensive lineman for the Raiders. Hall of Famer. Other 63s. Mostly hockey players. Who else? Mike Ribeiro. Oh, Mike Ribbs. Nice. Mike Ribbs. Uh, Who else that's active? Anthony Duclair. Okay. Charlie fair. Coyle. Tyler Ennis.
0: Oh, that's a lot. That's a good, good amount of players.
1: Also, a lot of forgettable players in there. Yeah, Mike is, Ribeiro,
0: though absolute legend when he was in the league
1: i think we off me and you both uh, often throw around the term legend or legendary a little too freely
0: no no we don't <laughs> we don't because here's the thing a legend is only like it's whatever whatever you think it is if he did one single thing roberto which i think he did which was he scored with no glove on and yep. at that point i was like that guy's a legend so you just you said just one thing. You had a legendary moment. Yeah, a legendary and, moment. And that makes you a legend. Exactly. At least in some point. All right. What do we got for today? I uh, I'm in a, a
1: new hat. We're, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to have Derek Stevens on. He's the CEO of Circa in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Also owns the D a bunch and of Golden Gate.
0: Ve- Vegas properties, property mogul, casino mogul. Uh, we'll get into that a bit later.
1: Yes. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Circa Millions and the Circa Survivor some pretty big contests that are being run with some guaranteed money and a little bit about strategy for that as well. I think we should probably revisit last week's podcast a little bit as well. Um, From a number standpoint for us was very highly received. It was one of our top podcasts of all time. Uh, I'm thinking in like the first week, probably only comparable to the one we did with captain Jack and on
0: on the YouTube
1: on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was just YouTube, uh, and then the Super Bowl props one, which was a a big bomb banger of an yeah, episode
0: for sure. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, as you can tell, because you're listening or watching on that format. But uh, we do get a significant more amount of listeners versus actual uh, YouTube subscribers, just being a regular podcast. So if you don't, if you don't watch and you only listen, let us know why.
1: Yeah, let us know. I would like to know that. But also, if you don't, if you don't watch and you only listen, I would still like you to go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel anyways and click the thumbs up button
0: on whatever video. Absolutely obliterate that like, and subscribe (laughs) button.
1: (laughs) It's so hard. It's so actually, it's actually so hard for me to work that in. I don't know why it feels like it feels like I'm, I'm asking for like the world whenever I do that, but I watch a ton of YouTube. I watch a ton of YouTube and everyone does it so seamlessly where I don't even notice. I have to find a way to just like slip it in there.
0: Yeah, they're like, all
1: those YouTubers. Like,
0: what's up, everyone? Like and subscribe, <laughs> smash that like button. We'll yeah, be back should. every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. They just have like Africa's they have like the bell YouTube on the streaming. screen gets lit up and like pops up and whatever. It's hey, listen. I I slipped it into our. I have a different channel as well. I slipped it into there by promising a mullet at a certain number of subscribers. Plug your channel here. Uh, it's Leafs Digest on YouTube. Just just a straight Leafs show breaking down trades rumors reactions all that kind of stuff and post-game reactions but i promised mullets and we followed
1: through and i've had it for like five four or five months now so he likes it (laughs) for whoever we're we're at like what 875 something like that followers yep i'm throwing it out there whoever our 1000th follower is we can't see that well, you're right. We can't. We, no, don't we even, can't see that. We can, we don't know who the South thousandth is, so we're going actually have to pay someone. Yeah, we don't even know. We we'd have no way of knowing that. If so I can't get, do a I can't do a bet stamp studio hat giveaway. No, this a, we we could do a giveaway.
0: We'll do a giveaway at a thousand YouTube subs, but we can't give it to like the thousandth sub. No, nah,
2: can't see that.
1: You're not gonna be able to see that. No. What could we do instead, but guys? It's two. Th- the year is 2022, and you're telling me we can't figure out. No, YouTube knows it.
0: They're not going to give that info. No, because
1: you can have private subscribers
0: so they don't publicize it, and then you can't see.
1: That's very disappointing, in my opinion.
0: Well, we can give something else out. Like, uh, we'll wax both of Luke's likes. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody could, if someone, okay, how about this? At 1,000, we do a giveaway where people could submit their screenshot just to prove that they're subscribed, and then of those people, we pick and, and give something away. Okay. Maybe a signed football helmet player to be named literally could be anybody <laughs> oh a mystery helmet we might do that other people get paid in memorabilia you can too yeah that, <laughs> exactly exactly uh, we might give away a, a rook, some rookie cards all right so anyways about the episode yeah i guess well received um i guess did you want to share the update on like the, the communication we had with simon directly or no? yeah
1: i will say like before we recorded that episode for anyone who thought um like it was unfair I get it. Obviously we did, you know, put up a thumbnail of Simon Hunter's face with the word exposed next to him. Like I I understand where people are coming from. Don't get me wrong. We did reach out to both Simon Hunter and Chad Millman the day before we recorded the podcast to see if they were interested in coming on. Did not get responses. I'm not going to wait like a week to do content that is current. We did the episode without getting the responses since then. Simon has responded to our producer, Zach. Um, at first, he said he was game to come on the podcast and talk anything related to NFL. Once getting more details about what we're all about, he did not want to do the podcast. Fair enough. I understand. But just so people know, we did reach out um, to get their commentary. And we decided to do it in the way that we did because it's a long piece of of audio. Um, I think it was just like very suitable to doing it in the format that we did, where we played it and reacted in real time, rather than just coming on and talking about it for half an hour or 45 minutes and people not understanding the context. Um, I personally think we will do more of those types of episodes.
0: It was actually pretty fun to record and like go over in real time. So definitely do that. Um, And that is kind of like somewhat, you know, you could actually watch that at any time. I know it's not you know, that was a couple of weeks back in terms of what it was. But, you know, if we're a year down the road, uh, you could still fire that up and have a good laugh. So if you haven't seen it now, go back, check it out. Basically, as Rob mentioned, what we did, we went through a video that appeared on another video podcast. And um, a lot of the stuff that was being said wasn't necessarily, you know, up to the current standards of where like a professional sports better would have been. There's a lot of misinformation. So we basically just debunked it, you know, standard breakdown video, the truth behind what that could have meant, what it potentially didn't mean. And, and, you know, uh, we called it, you know, Simon Hunter exposed fake professional sports better get, it gets exposed. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Uh, It was, it was not even clickbait.
1: Yeah. So I I just want to add like for me, um, I don't mind. I don't mind all any type of sports betting content. I really don't. I we've talked about this before on this podcast, probably been a long time since we did this conversation Everyone who consumes content is going to value different things. One person that I really enjoy in the betting space is book it with Trent. Okay. I find his content to be hilarious, especially the small, small TikTok stuff that he does. He does not represent himself as a winning better. In fact, he does quite the opposite <laughs> talks about how much he loses, makes fun of himself. When he loses, he still does some sort of daily stream where he's picking games post him to his Twitter account and people follow his bets knowing that he's a winning loser. So uh, not a, a, a losing <laughs> better. Now, Tec- have,
0: technically he does, he does lose bets, but he is a winner because he a, lives a nice following and right. uh, his content is hilarious. I second that.
1: But he, he's very, I, I, don't, I don't like, he doesn't misrepresent himself. Comes out, says this is what it is. You know, if you want to, fo- but he's grown a community and there's like a community aspect to, to betting. I fully understand that as somebody who was in group chats for years with all my friends of like, what are you betting tonight? What like people want to bet together, want to be on the same sides. They want to win together, lose together. I think there's a real element of that where I have an issue with betting content is when people misrepresent themselves. If someone comes out and says, I am a professional sports better. I make my livelihood betting on sports. And that's why you should listen to me and tail these picks. And you don't actually do that, I have a problem with that. That personally bugs me. I'm very um, animated about it, as people can obviously tell, but that's where I have an issue. So I thought it was completely fair what we did last week because I don't think it's fair for someone to do weekly content and say they're a professional sports better. We could have brought up so much more. I'll even bring it up now. I don't care. Simon Hunter tracks his bets on the Action Network. If someone wants to look up how those are doing, you're gonna see a pretty big red figure. Okay. At least there's an element of transparency, but then don't come across and, and say you're a professional sports. Player. Don't don't go download the Action Network app. You don't even
0: need that. It's 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 part. It's sub it. part of SM. Just take just take Rob's word that he's a that he lost money in betting, or just watch the episode and it'll be very clear to you. Anyways, yes. Um. So okay. L- so getting into the uh, the mean potato sorry were you going to say anything else no or? no that's it I,
1: I i we we can stop there but for i do listen i don't want to i'm i'm very much a much a pessimist by nature obviously anyone who's known me for a long time knows that um they know I'm generally a negative person there's a hashtag negative rob for a while or positive rob i should say when I was trying to be positive that didn't last for too long so i, I do obviously take the negative side of things a lot i do appreciate everyone who did reach out and talk about how much they enjoyed that podcast and how it was refreshing and they need more of it, especially those who did not put down Simon in the process as well. I'm not here for personal attacks. We don't have to, you know, make any per take personal shots at people or whatever, but I do think that there's a need for that type of stuff. Um, and if I could go back, I'd completely do it again. And thank you for all the people who've listened, downloaded, whatever watched on YouTube. Um, I do appreciate that, and there was a lot more positivity than negativity, but I did want to answer for those people who were like, yeah, you know, why would you do something like that? Or, um, you know, he's not misrepresenting himself, so on and so forth. On to the next.
0: Okay, so on to the, uh, the good stuff for this week's episode. We had done a previous episode. We talked a little bit about some football contest strategy behind them. What we're going to do today is you see my new hat on, Circa Sports. Um, as Rob mentioned, we do have Derek Stevens joining the podcast uh, in a bit. But what we did want to do was actually break down two amazing contests that Circa Sports has this year. Um, It may seem like a little bit of a plug, but what we actually are trying to do here is promote these contests because we do think that they're amazing value for a lot of betters. And I can get into the reasons why. We'll get into what they are, and then we can talk some strategy. Um, So off the rip, I'm going to go into kind of what these are. So two contests for this football season. The first is called the Circa Millions Contest, all right? What you do in this contest is you pick five games a week against a locked spread set. So there's no moving lines. When the line moves, you don't get to rebet or anything like that. Static. Static, as people would call it. So lines will come out on a certain day. You'll be able to bet those and lock in, sorry, your five picks. And then at the end of the week, your record is your record. You get added to the leaderboard. Uh, This contest is guaranteeing $6 million in prizes and a guarantee of at least $1 million to the person who wins it. So at the end of the football season, if you're the, the lead in that contest, you're getting guaranteed $1 million. If you're, you know, there's definitely, there's a ton of other prizes that go out. There's like quarterly bonuses, last place, stuff like that, which we can get into. But the good thing about the contest and why we actually do want to promote this as one of the best contests in potentially in, in North America right now is Derek, as we're going to get into later in the in, in his interview, we're going to ask him about it, has guaranteed a $6 million prize pool. What that means is it's a $1,000 entry. So if only 10 people enter, obviously, you know, it's going to be more than 10 people. There's more than that entered right it, now. But obviously, yes. but if only 10 people were to enter this whole contest, right, then you'd have 10 people times a $1,000. You'd have 10 grand in prize money that Derek has collected for Circa. He's still paying out $6 million out of pocket. So what that means is, until we hit that equilibrium point, which we're nowhere close to right now, you are getting significant value on this contest. This is also known as an overlay. But the kicker here is, it's an absolute free roll for the player. Because if you know, if 2,000 people sign up, you're at a significant overlay. So you'd be at $2 million. So if 5,000 5, people sign up, you're at 5 million, they're guaranteeing out 6 million. You get a million dollar overlay right there. However, if 10,000 people sign up, so now we're at $10 million collected by Circa. The prize pool is no longer 6 million. The prize pool now goes to 10 million, right? So all in, you are at a at the lowest possible, like your, your lowest expected value on here is neutral, is you put in $1,000 and your entry on day one is worth $1,000. The best case scenario is we only fill half the pool for the, better, for the betters. And then now your entry is worth 2X on expected value. So with this contest... It's an awesome opportunity, but also this is not something where like, you know, a book is taking a vig. This is an opportunity to play zero rake and with relatively 100% security and guarantee that the money is actually going to get paid to you. Obviously, people do pools with buddies and stuff like that. A lot of people try to get big pools, pay out cash. Um, For the most part, everything works out. But, you know, there's been cases and there's been times around where, you know, people don't necessarily get paid out for the pool. Uh, so you might win 100000 or 200000 and then not get paid out. With this, obviously, it's through the regulated market in the state of Nevada. Circa's got the licenses. They've got the properties. They're paying out that money.
1: As of now, at the time of the recording, 848 total entries. Current overlay is $5.152 million. Now, obviously, we still have a month till football season. There will be more signups. But to Johnny's point, if it does fill, they pay out more than what the guaranteed amount is. So they're not taking anything. It's a zero vig. No house rake on this. Should point out, it's going to sound, I don't want this to sound like I'm better than everyone else because I'm certainly not. I've never cashed in a football contest, in a Vegas football contest. I'll make that abundantly clear. However, there's going to be a lot of dead money in these contests as there are every year because, for one, people forget to put in picks. Happens every single year. If you're someone who's not going to forget to put in picks, That already puts you at an advantage because there will be people every single week who forget to put in picks or they can't get a hold of them. And
0: when you forget to put in your pick, it counts as a zero. Zero for the week. There's no auto pick, nothing. You just get nothing.
1: Correct. So so if you forget one week, you're basically, for all intents and purposes, you're out of the money. Second of all, you're going to have a lot of smart bettors in there, but you're also going to have a lot of people who are just, you know, entertained by the fact of, I could potentially win a million dollars who isn't. So you can get a lot of lottery ticket people in there that actually are not winning NFL betters. Then on top of that, you will get winning betters who might not understand any sort of the game theory that comes with entering a football contest. Um, For example, true story, but I competed in football contests where I put real money down in Vegas to be part of a contest with other friends who also did the same thing. And after, at a certain point, they were competing against one another to see who could do better rather than who could actually make money. Like this is going to happen. Legitimately happens in friend groups where they end up with side bets of who could beat one another. They completely lose the game theory of the actual contest itself because now they're only trying to beat their friend and that creates an added advantage as well. Those are small. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying every single person is going to do that, but it is a contest with a very hard, very large prize pool um, where there's, there's worse places to put money down. So I'll get into a few specifics
0: in terms of the actual contest, just so everyone's clear on like how it kind of works. So the entry fee is $1,000, 1,000 us dollars. Um, one caveat and why there's so few entries right now, uh, based on a lot of regulations, uh, you know, within the States and, you know, within the area uh, surrounding Nevada and the state of Nevada, you have to register in person for the contest. So what that means is you cannot sign up unless you physically go to Las Vegas, go to Circa Sports Resort, go to the counter and pay money. You don't have to pay cash. You can pay credit card, room, whatever, but you need to actually physically go to Circa. So because of that, anyone who is going to Vegas or planning to take a trip out before the football season, potentially a good time, obviously. $1,000 entry. Maybe you want to split it with a buddy. Maybe you want to do something else. Uh, maybe you want to get multiple entries. The maximum amount of entries for this contest per person, per name is three. So you will not be able to get more than that. Again, ensuring that there's a, a high chance at an overlay here on the, the Circa Millions contest. In terms of actually putting in your picks, another slightly difficult thing, which again, to Rob's point, this is why a lot of people do forget to put in their picks. You cannot put in your picks unless you are physically located in the state of Nevada. Okay. It is legal within the contest, to the best of my knowledge, it is fully legal to contract or hire a proxy service. Or if you have a buddy in Nevada, family member in Nevada who is there, they can log into your account with your password and put the picks on from their phone. But there is a geolocation guard that ensures that they are in the state of Nevada. So if you live in Pennsylvania or Ontario or Canada, you cannot put the pics in. There are plenty of services that do this for you. Um, and if if anyone needs help with this, you can feel free to DM circles off, and we'll make sure we uh, we can guide you in the best we can. Um, obviously, you know, no guarantees. A lot of times with some of these services, um, you might run into issues, but uh, we can potentially hope to connect you with some reputable people that, from our past experiences, we've used, and, and nothing has gone has gone wrong in that sense. So, you can use a proxy service to get those picks in, but you physically need to be located in Nevada to put the picks in. So if I were to recap real quick, you go to Vegas, you sign up, you leave Vegas, you go back home. Every week, you text a guy, he puts your picks in, he sends you the confirmed screenshot, you're good to go. At the end, you win the contest, you go back to Vegas, spend half the money in Vegas, (laughs) and then come back home with half of your winnings. Hopefully you win the million dollars and and you're scot-free. So that is the uh, kind of the way it works and the way you need to put your picks in. We're we're going right now and discussing the circa millions contest. It's a pick five contest within Nevada. Any additional things to add, Rob, before we get into the strategy?
1: No, that's all clear. I mean, I, I think there is some sort of strategy around picking your proxy if you are from out of state um or out of country or whatever. Uh there's tons of proxy services available. Like you said, you can just get a, a friend in Nevada, uh, contact in Nevada to do it for you as well. But because of the timing of when your weekly selections have to be submitted in any sort of pool where there's a static line, you're best to wait to as close to the deadline as possible because you can get as much of the information as possible. This is another mistake. Like it's one of the most common mistakes, right? For the circa millions, your picks can be submitted up to 4 p.m. on each Saturday, provided it's not the, uh, yeah, it's it's the millions up to each Saturday, 4 p.m., What tends to happen? A lot of people are like, I'm going to be busy Saturday morning, submit my picks on Friday night to my proxy, get my, you lose access to the information that comes in on Saturday. Um, So there are proxy services that obviously don't want to miss the deadline for you. Make sure that you give them enough time, but waiting until as close to last minute as possible to submit picks, finding a proxy that can do that. There's a ton of them uh, that can do that as well. Um, is very advantageous for you relative to the rest of the field especially in the day and age we live in now how many times last year would you get breaking news on a saturday about a bunch of people being out with covid and then you're like ah submitted all my picks already guess what once you submit your picks once you read the rules of these contests you can't change them so there's a there's a lot of strategy that comes to, yeah, into easy play. easy there.
0: You don't want to be submitting your picks on Wednesday or Thursday cuz so much can change, you know, Aaron Rodgers could go down uh, you know, with the with the flu or COVID or with an injury or something like that and then now all of a sudden you're you're stuck with a terrible line where you got Packers minus 10, the true line is is a pickem. So, you always want to wait till as long as possible. Make sure you don't miss the deadline. I'd say the number one strategy here is do not miss a deadline on your picks. If Before you miss that, a deadline, you're done.
1: Number one always starts with this. Always we're going to talk about some stuff here, but 100% need to read and understand the rules of the contest. So many people do not understand the rules until it's too late. There's stuff that you can take advantage of over the course of a week. Like if a game deviates from its originally scheduled time, what happens? So if all of a sudden you have a COVID situation over the course of the week. You need to know what's going to happen if you pick that game. Cause guess what? If it's not played that week, you get a zero for that game if it changes location though it plays and gets rewarded so now if you know that the away team is going to be the home team the line's going to flip whatever so on and so forth you can use that to, to your advantage so know the rules plain and simple like it's tedious but it, it, it takes less than 10 minutes to read the entire rules for this contest read it three times understand it and you can develop some sort of strategy. Do you want to go that.
0: over the payout structure right now? Because that helps a lot as well. Uh, well. One thing people don't really know about this contest, like it does award a last place prize, right? So you're never out of it. You go 0 in 5 the first two weeks, many people be like, ah, I'm done. No, no, you're, you're still well in. I think it's a quarter million dollars for last,
1: is it? It is uh, 100K for dead last. Okay. And 50K for second last. And I believe there are also quarterly prizes for last place as well. Okay, and, and people might say, oh, it's completely random. You can't actually pick to, you know, you can because this is a static lines pool. It's very easy for you to take negative propositions and in, intentionally try to lose. Just as much as if you were playing to win and, it, you know, if you're playing to win and there's a static line that comes out, that's Cowboys minus three. But because of a bunch of injury situations, the Cowboys are now minus seven, minus seven and a half. You're going to take the minus three, as one of your five selections to win if you're playing to lose you're going to take the other side plus three because you have so much negative closing line value so you're going to want to adjust your strategy depending on where you are in the standings at all time this is any contest whatsoever and maybe it's not week two maybe that's an exaggeration
0: yeah w- mid- midway through the season you, you're going to evaluate like you're going to be able to see right now like i cannot i can probably not money in this contest Yep. Um, but I might have a shot at last. Uh, There's also, as Rob mentioned, quarterly prizes, right? So what you have to do there is make sure you're keeping an eye on the schedule. When are those quarterly prizes paying out? And then manually tracking how people are doing in that quarter so that you can see if you're in the lead for that quarter or if you are, uh, let's say, one game back and the person who is ahead of you is constantly taking the chalk picks, and the ones where the lines have moved, then maybe that might be an opportunity for you to actually take a negative EV bet in that scenario. Given that that you you are very certain, or you know, likely or you think it's likely that he, the guy ahead of you, might have the positive EV pick. If you take a negative EV pick, now you're actually positive EV in the in the, in the long run because what you're doing is giving yourself additional variance versus him. Or if that game wins, which is negative EV in an isolated bet. Now you might leapfrog him and get that quarterly prize, you know, get that quarter million or get something like that. So there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily take a look at in this contest where if you're just submitting your five picks based on whoever you like every week, the amount of expected value you have is diminishing week over week. If you are in the contest, reading the rules going through and actually trying to get an advantage week over week. Now you are actually in a spot where forget about the overlay forget about the no VIG you're probably are already like, you know, you've got a significant expected value. We're talking like between one, between 1.5 and two X on your investment.
1: Your goal is to win money, plain and simple. People are entering this to win money. You're not entering it to achieve the best record that you can. That's not going to cash or to beat your friends or so on and so forth. So you're always going to be changing your game plan based off of positions. Like Johnny said, there's quarterly prizes that might dictate what you do in week four of the season or week eight of the season or week 12 or whatever that can have an impact. Your, your standing is going to have an impact on what you do late in the year. If you're chasing the money, you're out of the money. You're going to want to differentiate yourself from other people. Maybe you're going to start wanting to pick a Thursday game here and there, even though that means submitting picks earlier, no one picks Thursday games, So that's a good opportunity to differentiate. So what, what makes this an interesting contest for me is not just the okay, yeah, like obviously you want to pick things you're confident in. I'm not I'm not suggesting that uh, you just, you know, pick random stuff every week. You want to handicap the NFL. Everybody wants to do that. I completely get it. But there's going to be scenarios where you're going to change your style and try to do things that, quote-unquote, essentially outsmart or differentiate you from someone else that could possibly uh, have a lasting impact. So that's very interesting. They also have the Circa Survivor, which to me also presents a, huge opportunity for some game theory because there are some differentiators from just what a regular survivor pool
0: is. Awesome. So I can go through this one as well. The second contest is the Circa survivor. This is a contest where it's a standard survivor pool. For those who don't know what it is real quick, you pick one team each week straight up, no spread. And what happens is if that team wins, you advance survive. If that team loses, you are eliminated. No buybacks, no second chances. The caveat being you cannot pick the same team more than once. So if you pick the Patriots in week one, they're X'd out now. You can never pick them again for the duration of the contest. The way the contest works is whoever survives the longest or gets through all of the 20 weeks will win. I said 20 weeks and not 18, despite the fact that there's 18 in the NFL season, because this Circa Survivor Contest is a slight bit differentiated. You have to pick one game on the Thanksgiving Day, which is, uh, you know, there's three games to choose from. It's on a Thursday at the end of November, as it is every year. And you also have to pick one game from the Christmas weekend slate, which typically does feature some Saturday games. So again, need to read the rules there and pick an additional game. So with that being said, it's 20 in total. Since there's 20 in total, obviously it's an extra two versus regular survivor pools. There's not too, too many people that are surviving. You have to take obviously 20 of the 32 teams in the nfl to make it through which is obviously very difficult because as we know there's a lot of absolute garbage teams in the nfl that will only win a few games and you might have to rely on some of those uh, in any given scenarios last added caveat here is uh so there's a six million dollar prize pool guaranteed for the survivor contest this six million does not work the same way the circa millions contest works with the pick five circa millions contest there is specified amount of prizes for different things. You might, you have a prize for quarterly, prize for last, prize for this, prize for first, prize for second, all the way in the top 100 will cash. With the Circus Survivor contest, one person can, in theory, win the six mil. So if you are the only one who survives the 20 weeks, you win the contest. Bam, six mil USD right in your bank account. You get one of those big fat checks. You're there taking the picture, and uh, it's it's a really cool thing. So. The last thing I wanted to mention with this contest, in terms of an additional rule, is they have added an additional stipulation as of last year. Same rule applies for this year. If you do not take either of the two teams that were just previously in the Super Bowl this year, would also be the Rams and the Bengals. So if you do not take the Rams and the Bengals and still make it through the twenty and win the contest, you get an additional million dollars. That comes straight out of Derek Stevens's pocket, and we're going to have him on in a bit to uh, to discuss that, but. Six million is guaranteed, and that doesn't even include the additional million you can get from not taking uh, those two teams. So I will kick it off to Rob uh, for any strategy behind it. The rules are the exact same in terms of registration and in terms of the
1: proxy service.
0: I won't go over that
1: again. So just to make it uh, explicitly clear, the additional 1 million could get divided up amongst winners. So it's not a million to everybody, it's a million divided up. So if we go back to last year, there was five winners. Of the circa, mil, a circa Survivor. Two of them won it. With picking the Bucks and Chiefs. Who were the previous Super Bowl teams. Three of them won it without using. And they divide. They each split a million. So yeah. they all won. So 333. Three,
0: 333 uh, for those people. Uh, who did not select the the Chiefs or the Bucks. And then the 6 million. Actually last year I believe it was 4 million. Uh, was split amongst the 5.
1: So. So everyone took a nice chunk of change home. There's two additional pieces of complexity, which Johnny has mentioned that make this different from a regular survivor pool. One is that you are going to have to plan for two weeks of the season that only have three games because you have your three Thanksgiving day games. You have your three Christmas, early Christmas, you know, standalone games as well, which are all close games, by the way, I looked at it this year. It's like Tampa Bay at Arizona, Green Bay at Miami, and I think a Den- Denver someone else that's like they're gonna be close yeah friends. but you you never
0: know because we always I always do this and I look to be beginning of the year and then next thing you know like an injury happens oh, for sure. or one of those teams is just absolute garbage like last year it was um I believe the Falcons were playing on Thanksgiving and like coming into the year the Falcons were like thought of as like a decent team yeah like they had a shot to potentially be good and then it was very evident on Thanksgiving like oh okay these guys are actually like not good at all.
1: Right. So, I mean, that, that's what's part of your strategy this year is do you intentionally hold off on team? Like, we, we have look-ahead lines for every game this year. We know what these spreads would be for Thanksgiving now and Christmas now on look-ahead lines. The ones for the Christmas one are like, no, I'm not going to save any of those teams because I could potentially pick any of those teams on that day. It could be a coin flip. Or who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers gets injured. Now, all of a sudden, Miami's a big favorite against Green Bay. I can pick Miami. But do you do something different on Thanksgiving, knowing that there's potentially one lopsided matchup or so on and so forth? That adds an element of complexity to it. I'm not an advocate of ever saving teams. I've talked, we've talked about this on episode 29. If someone wants to get like a full one hour long football strategy discussion, episode 29, for sure. Give it a listen of circles off, but you gotta, you gotta win to like, your goal is to win every single week. Technically your goal is to maximize expected value over the course of the year. But if you're saving teams and taking worse options at the beginning of the year, you're, you're potentially impacting your ability to get to that point. Plus like Johnny mentioned, okay, yeah, I want to save the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to later in the year and the Buffalo bills. So I can use them later in the year. What happens when, when Josh Allen gets injured or Tom Brady gets injured? Now I'm potentially not going to use them. And I never had a chance to use them because I've limited myself in the early going. So you have that element of it. Then you have the element of do I, or don't I take the Rams or the Bengals at some point? Like what happens if you come to a week, hypothetically speaking, where the Rams are a 10 point favorite and there's no other team on the board. That's more than a four point favorite. Are you going to forego using the Rams that week because of the fact that you're costing yourself a potential extra million dollar payday if you win or Are you just going to let it ride on a smaller favorite? So we start to get into more interesting decisions on a weekly basis than just a standard survivor pool. Of course. Of course. I'll mention this now before I forget it. If you've taken
0: all the six teams that are playing on Thanksgiving, you've already used all six of those. You are just automatically out.
1: Correct. So you do have, there is an element of planning regardless.
0: Yeah. You have to plan. You can't just take whatever team for that week. You have to somewhat plan. Uh, but yes, I agree with Rob. Like you know, I'm not the biggest proponent in saving teams because you just never know what could happen later in the year with injuries um, or just general general team declines or in- improvements. One another example we've mentioned on the previous podcast is like that that week 18 um, in this contest would be the final week of the contest, like selection number 20. Like if you're saving the Bills, like and they're they've clinched the division, like Josh Allen, he's not he's not going to play the game. So now like the Bills that would have been you know the minus 14 and a half versus the Jets, they might be like minus four and a half versus the Jets, or maybe, maybe even a dog, depending on how many players are resting. And you just wasted essentially, you know, one of the Super Bowl favorites because you wanted to save them for the last week. And you may not even get that out of it. So element of planning for sure. Game theory, for sure. You obviously with these contests, you want to take a look and see what percentages uh, of the teams are available for the most, for the the majority of the pool. So you always want to, You if you're going to take Kansas City one week, uh, you're want you you're going to check, like, does 100% of the pool have Kansas City left? Right. If that is the case, then, you know, it's highly likely that Kansas City is going to be a well-picked team this week. So you we have to make sure uh, all that stuff happens. I personally try to never pick an underdog. If I ever do have to pick an underdog, there's a very, very bad planning that went into it on my end. You should never have to pick an underdog. There's a lot of, you know, risk, high risk, high variance moves that you can do. And take a two-point favorite, a three-point favorite. You you shouldn't have to take like a, a five-point dog ever, and you shouldn't have to ever take a, a money line underdog.
1: I don't I don't want to use the word never. Mathematically, there could be a reason where you you might that might be the best move. But if you've gotten yourself into that position, you've probably done something wrong along the way. One new rule this year, which is interesting, is so you can do up to six entries in the Circus Survivor if you pick the Thursday night football game week one, which is Rams bills close to a pick'em line right now. Yep. And your team loses. You can enter additional up to six additional entries in the week one. So you could potentially go a route where you back the Thursday game. I wish it was a different Thursday game this year.
0: Yeah. It would have been better if there was like a 10 point favorite. Oh, that
1: would Like if last year, I think the bucks were seven point favorites over Dallas, maybe six. On opening night on the thursday which like that probably would have been what they scraped by narrowly they won by a field goal but that would have been like a great example of like okay fuck it i'm gonna ride all six entries on the bucks if they lose i'm buying in another six entries this week
0: yeah i did that for uh man i don't even know what year this was it's probably three or four years ago the patriots i had loaded up all my entries on them for thursday night football opening they day. they lost against the team. chiefs no yeah kareem hunt's first game i
1: think so i remember that clearly i lost like i that. lost an entry that night yeah
0: yeah so i lost a bunch of entries and the, the the theory there was like i can see how many people were actually in on the patriots and w- depending on the percentage of the pool i already know that money's gone so it's sunk cost. like you know i might be plus ev now buying in given that right maybe 10 percent of the pool got out on the pats as well so you can go back buy back into a, a pool that has like somewhat of an overlay now uh if that's the case
1: Absolutely. 100% always read the rules. Cannot stress it enough. You will find stuff that you can use to your advantage and then just be adaptable is all I would say as well. On top of that, um, you do have a lot of information at your advantage or at your disposal, even if you don't realize it, like even if you don't realize it, if you're talking about circa millions, you know what everybody picks on a weekly basis. Those get released. You can see what other people's tendencies are. If you're chasing people, like Johnny said, You can see if they're picking off stale lines, if they have preferences towards certain teams. Yes, it requires work, but there's data available for you to use. So these are really interesting contests. And now we're going to bring in... Oh, hold up, hold up. Before we we go go into that
0: interview, we did have a couple of questions that were submitted. We were able to... uh, We're going to be asking uh, Derek a few of these, but there's some that, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to waste his time with. So we can answer them here. One of them, easy one. Can I participate if I live in Canada? The answer is yes. Um, so again, with the caveat being, you do have to actually physically travel to Nevada and go to circa and walk inside to the counter to actually, to actually do it. But yes, you can from Canada. One other thing is, um, obviously talk to your accountant if possible, there could be uh, some potential advantages to signing up from Canada, given that, um, you know, the, the tax on lottery lotto and stuff like that in Canada is different structure than the United States. So talk to an accountant as well, you may be able to qualify for some like tax back or something like that if you do cash um you know obviously rob as he mentioned has never cashed in one of these so he his accountants completely did, did not get a call but maybe this year um <laughs> secondary uh okay so he said uh for the millions someone said for the millions bonus prize do multiples people split the one million if they go 20 you know we just yes. answered that actually so yes um we asked a few of these to derek and then last one here just um why is it legal to submit out-of-state picks with a complete stranger or proxy in Vegas, but you can't just submit them directly to the sportsbook? Uh, how is adding an extra layer of complexity with an unknown person make it legal? It uh, doesn't make any sense. So whoever sent that in, uh, you are absolutely right. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, this obviously stems back to a lot of the regulations in place within Nevada. So the lawmakers have, have, have made that. It's been in place for a while. There's a lot of other things within Nevada, given that it was, you know, one of the first states to allow regulated gaming that are slightly outdated and were put in place to, you know, stop, have, have a lot of countermeasures back in the day. Um, I'm, I'm just speaking from, you know, what people have told me, what I've heard on other podcasts, stuff like that. Obviously, I, I am not a lawyer, so I'm not sure the exact specifics. But, you know, another one, for example, is the technology you're able to use. And like, you know, you aren't able to build certain things in certain ways because they have to be built to, uh, in towards a certain thing or by a certain company or go through a certain act. So I think all in, we hope one day that it gets to a spot where this contest can be run and you can sign up online and we might have guys like Derek, uh, you know, if we're going to get bigger, maybe he guarantees 100 million one day uh, because of the fact that we're able to run this contest all across, um, you know, the United States and Canada. So maybe one day as of right now, though, you were absolutely right. No idea why. But um,
1: without further ado, we're going to jump to the interview here. We now welcome in a very special guest here on Circles Off. He's the owner of D Las Vegas, the owner and CEO of Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, which I've had the privilege of going to several times. You recently as well, Johnny. Derek Stevens now joins us on Circles Off. Derek, how are are things going?
2: Uh, Terrific. Great to talk to you guys.
1: Yeah, great to talk to you as well. Uh, Let's start with Circa right out of the gate because... I think it's it's pretty fascinating. Um I'm I'm a frequenter to Vegas, obviously not in recent years. We've had the the pandemic and so on and so forth, so it's been a little bit tougher. I hadn't been to downtown Las Vegas in a long time. Uh I go to downtown Vegas, first thing I notice is that there is this spot that stands out from the rest now, which is Circa. Pretty incredible building. You walk in. I actually walked in the front doors, spoke to someone, I'm like, Hey, can you direct me to the sports book? They're like uh, you see the TVs over there, which I could see from a mile away. It's a pretty incredible spot. So I, I just wanted to know how that vision came about. Um, like, was this always some sort of dream that you had? Was it something that came up very abruptly? You've obviously been involved in the hotel space in a long time in Vegas. But but talk to us a little bit about that vision for Circa and how it all came about.
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Detroit, um, have a business out of the Detroit area and still do. Uh, but I decided to buy a small casino in uh, in Vegas in 2006. Uh, it was called the Golden Gate. It's actually on Fremont Street, and it's right across from where Circa is located today. And um, my thought was, well, we're going to get into the casino business, and so let's see what happens. If it worked out, uh, my brother and I, we wanted to uh, continue to grow, and if it didn't, well, we would have just walked back to Detroit with our tail between our legs, I guess. Um, but things worked out pretty well, and – we were able to kind of parlay the golden gate into purchasing a, a property, another property on Fremont Street called uh, Fitzgeralds. Uh, we renovated that um, all 34 stories, uh, and we converted that into the D Las Vegas, and that was 2011 2012 timeframe. Um, by that point in time, we were we were pretty committed. Um, you know, we love Vegas, and uh, we love uh, we love downtown Vegas. So when there was an opportunity to buy a property called the Vegas club, uh, we went after it and we were able to get it. Um, initially we weren't sure if we were going to renovate the Vegas club or, or demolish it. And one thing led to the next and we were able to do uh, nine separate real estate transactions on the city block that circus sits on right now. And uh, when, when we were able to acquire the entire city block, that's when a little bit of the scope and, and, uh, and and uh, design started uh, developing in our mind as far as what we could do here. So we uh, we had an opportunity to build something from scratch and uh, allowed us to, uh, you know, bring all the new modern amenities into something. Um, Yet yeah, at the same point, I wanted to kind of respect and revere a little bit of the Vegas history and the downtown Vegas history. And uh, well, a little bit of that is kind of what went into the you know, specifically about what we wanted to bring in I knew that that we wanted to bring in um, some big big uh, you know destination elements. Fremont Street's really all about attractions, and uh, we felt uh, you know we could bring a handful of attractions to the property. Like for example, um, we we took the sign Vegas Vicky that was hanging out on on uh, on the Glitter Gulch for four decades. Uh, we brought uh, we brought that sign and rehabbed the sign and, and brought Vegas Vicky inside. Um, we uh, we created the Legacy Club, which is our rooftop club, which gives you a whole view of the entire valley. Uh, and then we brought in a couple of really big things. I mean, the world's largest sports book. And then we brought in, you know, the world's largest outdoor um, sports watching venue and stadium swim. So it all kind of came together. And uh, really, we kind of designed stuff that, uh, that, um, you know, places that we wanted to hang out at places we wanted to be and pretty sports orientated. So that sports is a pretty big theme throughout, but, uh, but Vegas Vicky's and, uh, and, uh, legacy club and the great restaurants that all kind of adds to, uh, adds to the property.
0: That's awesome. For, so for anyone who hasn't been to Vegas, I will say Vegas is absolutely state of the art in terms of like the buildings and the hotels and the infrastructure. And a lot of people invest in their casinos and there's a ton of state-of-the-art casinos when it comes to sports books no doubt about it circa is the best in the game they relaunched and opened a new one i believe it was coming on maybe two years or around there now uh we'll post some pics up on the youtube stream and then also stadium swim which is something i had the the pleasure of visiting a couple weeks back and uh man this thing is absolutely amazing in terms of actually a sports viewing event in vegas when it's nice and hot you can get in the pool grab some drinks fire some bets and again we'll post uh, and tag a picture there Derek, one quick question for you. And this is more just, I, I just want to know this. So you invested in obviously the Golden Gate um, and you had that in in Vegas. But what I want to know is this, where did that come from? Like, first off, how'd you get the money from that for that? W- were you just working? And was that always the plan? <clears throat> like, did you just take a shot and you're like, all right, I'm going to come from Detroit and see if I can become this big casino guy? Or, or, you know, what was the plan?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, coming from Detroit, my brother and I bought into uh bought into the golden gate. Um, we bought 50% of it. And, uh, um, you know, time enough times gone by. We're privately held, but I could tell you, I mean, we spent seven and a half billion dollars to buy in. And then, uh, we kind of took it from there. Um, So you where, know, where's that th- seven and a
0: half mil come from? Were you working other deals in Detroit? Were you doing casino stuff there? What did that just come from? You know, where, where, where's the initial, like, how did you eventually start there? Cause a lot of people obviously making the first million is a, a lot harder, right. Than uh, subsequent
2: yeah i um i i am um, i'm the ceo of a manufacturing company out of detroit an automotive supplier and um you know i had been ceo by that point for 12 years so uh, my brother and i uh we we put our funds together to buy that uh buy that initial stake in the golden gate uh but i've been but i've been working for uh, working for a while before that and like i said i was ceo of this manufacturing company for uh, over a decade
0: all right so auto manufacturing parlayed that was like, all right, I'm going to take a risk, get a casino. And then now obviously you're listening to Derek uh, owns many properties within Vegas and and none uh, bigger and better than Circa. So let's get into that because that's why we're here today. One thing that Circa does that's really unique at this point, especially because the Westgate, uh, I, I believe is ceasing their operations of their super contest is two competitions that are you know, almost all across the U.S. and Canada right now, but are centralized in Vegas. One is called the Circa Millions and the other is called the Circa Survivor. So, Derek, we'll let you uh, kind of explain what those are and why you guys uh, wanted to launch those contests.
2: Yeah, we wanted to launch both those contests our first year, but we were only able to launch the Circa Millions. Um, And that's because the software wasn't written for a Survivor contest. So it took (laughs) us a year to write the software. Um, but circus millions took off. Um, the first year, we guaranteed a million and a half dollars in, in payouts. It was a thousand dollar entry fee, and uh, and we made it. Uh, the next year, we pushed it to three million dollar guarantee, and we made it. Last year, we pushed it to four million, and we made it, and uh, this year we're getting a little aggressive. We're we're, we're guaranteeing six million dollars in the circus sports millions. So we uh, we're pretty excited about this year. I mean the way it, the way it works out is um, six million in overall payouts. A million two of that is going to be guaranteed in quarters. So we split up the uh, contest um, into four quarters. So it's three hundred thousand we're guaranteeing each quarter, and then all the rest goes in the overall. So we pay out the top one hundred in the overall. And the way it works is you just pick five games each each Sunday against uh, against the point against the point spread. So. 18 weeks times five picks. Uh, it's 90 selections, and uh, the one individual who has the best record uh, is guaranteed a million dollar payout. And then, like I said, we pay down to the uh, down to the top 100 in the contest.
0: Yeah, we've so we've just gone over earlier in the episode on some strategy as well as kind of like a breakdown on the contest. What we also want to know before we get into some listener questions, uh, Derek, is. What is in it for for Circa? I know it's a lot of promo, but you're guaranteeing six million bucks <clears throat> out of pocket. And uh, we mentioned kind of like the overlays and potential there. Like, are you guys do you guys think there will be an overlay this year? Are you are you hoping to get past that six million? Where does it currently stand right now?
2: Well, let me answer the second question first we absolutely are hoping to get over the 6 million because if we don't hit the 6 million, it's coming out of our, out of our pocket. So we're really hoping we get over the 6 million. Um, we've wanted to grow the contest every year. Um, what we do that's kind of unique is that we don't take any rake every dollar that goes in, you know, if we don't hit the $6 million worth of entries, you know, we're, we're guaranteed if we go over 6 million in entries, every extra dollar that goes into the goes into the contest is, is being returned to all the players. So there's no rake, So that, that lends the, to to the, to your first question, like, why do we do this? Well, you know, the, the, the one thing that's pretty cool about it is you have to, you have to show up in Vegas to register and um, you can play from anywhere. You can play from Canada, Mexico, all any state in the United States. Um, You know, one of the winners last year actually lived in Dubai. Um, The reason we do it is because we want people to come out and see our, our new resort. We want them to come out and check it out. And I figure, well, if I can get 6,000 entries out here, I bet you a few people are going to walk into this place for the first time and say, oh, my God, I love this. Next time I come to Vegas, I'm staying at Circa, or, you know, or or maybe when they when they come in to, to register, maybe they're going to stop in at a restaurant or maybe they're going to run into a run into a into a crap game or, or something like that. So really, our our whole gaff on the whole thing is we just want people to come in and check out our new resort.
1: What I find really interesting about the contest in particular, I've gone through all the rules myself, but also as part of the payouts, uh, you guys award a last place prize. You award a second to last place prize. And we're not talking about peanuts here. We're talking about hundred K to someone who finishes last place, which I think incentivizes someone who might be having a bad run earlier on in the year to potentially pivot at some point and say, Hey, you know what? There's money on the line here. If I can get some bad picks in or find a way to be at the bottom by submitting picks on a weekly basis, I'm just curious, Derek, as to how that came about, I mean, there's some cool stuff in here. The, the Blue Jacket, like how do these ideas come about? Is that specifically from you? Is there a team that's going over the contest rules every year saying, what can we do to, to make this a little bit more interesting?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's our team. It's our team that really comes up with it. So Jeff Benson, Mike Paul, Matt Metcalf, myself we usually sit down and we just kind of come up with something. Uh, yeah, the Blue Jacket just evolved as we wanted to give a prize to the winner. That was more than just uh, more than just a million dollars, but something uh, something physical that they could own for the rest of their life. Uh, so that's kind of how the blue jacket came about. Um, you know the uh, the the last place prize, um, which we call the booby prize. Uh, you know it's just as difficult to go thirty and sixty <laughs> as it is to go sixty and thirty. Um, you know last year the fellow that won the booby prize matched up in his record against the individual that won it all. And, um, you know, it was pretty amazing, amazing to follow, you know, on Twitter and then on, on social and what we do on visa pretty amazing to follow, um, you know, the winners last the, 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 you know, the top guys in the last four or five weeks, and then also fa- following the guy that was in last place. I mean, he was a hell of a fade. So it was a, uh, it was a lot of fun to do that. And, uh, like I said, it's just as difficult to go 30 and 60 as it does, as it is to go 60 and 30.
1: Very interesting. Um, you're right. I I believe last year's winner won at a clip of 70% uh, over the course of the season. I think it was exactly 70%. He won by tie break as well. Going 30% over the course of a season is pretty challenging to do. Obviously you do have the advantage of maybe picking against some stale lines or whatever later in the year, but still nonetheless hitting at 30% uh, is a tough thing to do over the course of the year. Let's talk a little bit about the circus survivor as well. Obviously you mentioned that didn't get off the ground the first year, picked up now Uh, I've noticed um, I think what are some more interesting rules that uh, differentiate itself from a typical typical survivor pool that someone may be running uh, locally or whatever which includes the added two weeks for Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, and also the bonus (coughs) prize for not picking the Super Bowl contestants from last year which were the Rams and the Bengals so uh, talk to us a little bit about the Circus Survivor Contest what we're expecting there this year what the prize pool looks like.
2: Yeah, so we're uh, we're guaranteeing six million in 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 Circuit Survivor. Um, our first year of of Circuit Survivor, we had thirty five uh, individuals that went undefeated. Uh, last year, we made it a little bit more difficult because we added uh, you know the Christmas week, so you got eighteen regular weekends, but then we had Thanksgiving and Christmas. So there's a total of twenty selections if you can make it all the way through this season, and um, if you if you make it to the end um that six million dollar prize pool could go to one person it could get chopped if the, like it was last year five people made it so there was five uh five contestants that uh chopped the six million and then you know yeah we added a little bit of fun in there and uh, um the way it works this year we're adding a million dollar um, bonus if someone makes it through the season and uh goes undefeated and never takes the two teams in last year's Super Bowl, So they never take the Rams and never take the Bengals. And the reason we did that is because it, 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 it throws in a little more game strategy and and game theory on, am I going to, am I going to take the Rams on one game just to survive to the next week? Or am I going to pass, you know? So it kind of mixes things up. You know, I love seeing these survivors on on a given Sunday where maybe there's 10 or 12 teams selected, you know, it's a, everybody, everybody's trying to get to the, uh, get to the end. But, uh, you know, when you look at a schedule, there's a lot of, a lot of pathways to get there. I mean, you know, like one of the things, I don't know if you guys can see this too well, but, but, you know, I'm walking around now with my schedule. (laughs) I got my whole schedule here. You know, you start over here and there's a lot of ways to get over to the promised land over here. So, so, uh, yeah, it just adds a a lot of strategy to, uh, to how you get there. Yeah. That,
0: that's awesome. Uh, okay. So we only have you for a couple more minutes. We had a lot of listener questions that were submitted. Um, so a lot of them we can answer on our own, but there's a couple that we'd love to get your, uh, your thoughts on. Number one, given that, um, you know, we live here in uh, Ontario and Canada, uh, just outside of Toronto. Is there any plans for Circa to expand, uh, into the Canadian market?
2: Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about seeing that, um, you know, there's, there's real sports buddy now coming to Ontario. Um, I'm very familiar with Ontario myself. Uh, you know, I guess in particular I spent my 19th and 20th year in Ontario going over the bridge or through the tunnel almost every weekend. Uh, but, uh, but you know, and my, my dad went to the university of Toronto, so I had a lot of family in Toronto. So I, I'd be going up, uh, you know, the 405, you know, pretty regularly and, and everything like that. So I, I would tell you that, um, we would love to get into Ontario at some point. Um, we have to make sure we've got our tech stack uh, put together appropriately, but uh, but I would say at some point, um, not in the short term, but but Ontario is definitely uh, a jurisdiction we would be very interested in.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, we had we had two people uh, or ask actually a few different people ask two separate questions here in terms of potential new contests. So obviously, you know, a lot of stuff is coming in now, like the player props, uh, different fantasy, daily fantasy style stuff. Um, do you ever see kind <clears> of <throat> any uh, any new contest that might come throughout the, the next couple of years? So one example could be somewhere where you actually pick against the active circle line, right? So the line that's currently being traded um, by the guys, you know, Chris Bennett and the guys in the room, or potentially something with Daily Fantasy where we can go national there. Uh, any thoughts on those?
2: Yeah, it's really two, two separate questions. Um, I would love to do um, a, a tournament that um, is that involves live lines. Um, it would be a different style tournament than, you know, the traditional football contest or, or the survivor that we're doing, but that's something that's probably in the back of our mind. Um, but it also comes down to really developing the right software and and how it would work. So, you know, developing software in, in, uh, in these areas that, that's, that's probably the biggest hiccup that, that we can have. So I could certainly tell you it would not be in the next football season um, you know, just just getting to the ability to to, to get the software corrected—it's at least a couple-year project. But I would love to do something where uh, where you can have tournaments that you can go off live lines, because then that can expand to other style tournaments. It could expand to two-week baseball tournaments. It could expand to two-week hockey tournaments, and uh, that's something I would I would love to. It, it could expand to you know weekend hockey tournaments, that type of thing. So uh, I, that's something that's certainly in our in our in uh, the back of our minds, and, and and that could happen. Fantasy football, now that's a whole different ballgame. And the reason I say it's a different ballgame is because fantasy rules are different in every jurisdiction. It, it's pretty difficult to, to develop a program where in certain jurisdictions, certain wagers are available and certain wagers aren't. For example, in Nevada, there's a number of wagers that are not allowed, like just more, more of the entertainment style. Like for example, in Nevada, you cannot bet on the Oscars. You cannot bet on who's going to win, whether Joey Chestnut's going to do anything in the hot dog eating competition yet in Colorado, you can, um, New Jersey, you know, there's, so everybody has different jurisdictional elements. So, um, when it comes down to fantasy football, as an example, Um, like in the state of Iowa, you cannot have a negative proposition and, and the definition of a negative proposition is, um, evolving, but you can't have a proposition saying, will X quarterback throw more than two and a half interceptions, which is, which is construed as a negative player prop. So, so there's a lot of complexity that gets involved when you're talking about, um, about the fantasy component um, and real wager,
1: Derek. Before we let you go, I just wanted to get your um, a little bit more information on the upcoming contest weekends that are being run in Vegas. I think there's three weekends in mm-hmm. August uh, where people can come up uh, to Circa, sign up for the Million, sign up for the Circa Survivor as well. And we do have a lot of uh, quote unquote heavy hitters who listen to this show as well, who are probably going to be maxing out um, their their entries, whether that's the three in the serve, uh the millions and the six in the survivor, um, what additional perks or incentives could they get for the full max entries this
2: Yeah, year?
0: if they tell you they're coming from circles off podcast, what are you <laughs> gonna do for the guys?
2: Well there you go. Anybody, anybody that wants to come out and sign up for the full house, which is a full house of six survivors and three millions entries, uh just get a hold of Jeff Benson on Twitter. Get a hold of me or Mike Palm and uh uh, anybody that's uh, signed up to a full house, we'll give you we'll give you a hotel room over at the D. Um, we're doing we're doing events for three separate sign up weekends. Uh, first sign up weekend is, uh, is a bit of a Canadian weekend where uh, where we're doing an an, uh, an event at uh, a meet and greet with a handful of Vison celebrities at at uh, at our bar at the D called Bar Canada. And then on Saturday we've got a complimentary day where we're renting out a big chunk of Stadium Swim. And then uh, Saturday night we've got a Canadian band, Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, yeah. So uh, we've we've got uh, we've got that all as part of that that opening weekend. The following weekend we've got the cocktail party, stadium swim, and we've got Simple Plan playing. So part of that contest. And on the last weekend we've got uh, cocktail party in Bar Canada again, uh, stadium swim, and then we're doing a, our Mike Palms uh, 2022 uh, football contest preview. And uh, he's got a handful of a handful of people to come in to answer questions. They're going to do a kind of like a panel setting in our in our new uh, in our new ballroom here at Circa. And they've he's got a handful of people that are coming in from uh, former uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl winning quarterback in host, Sean King, Mike Palm, um, Chicago Bears uh, legend Brian Urlacher, um, Julian Edlow. Uh, you know from the sports betting space. So we've got a lot. We've got a lot going on all three weekends. So. We love it. Love to have everybody out here for, uh, for the sign up weekend. And well, we'd also love to have people out here to come out to do your draft, uh, NFL, uh, NFL fantasy drafts are a pretty big business for us at Cirque and at the D uh, I think we'll probably do uh, a few hundred, um, draft parties here. We have all, all types of different ballrooms, meeting spaces and suites and, and, uh, and, and groups coming out to do their uh, fantasy football drafts is a pretty big, pretty big deal for us.
1: Yeah, for sure. I can't, I like, I can imagine I'm not a big fantasy football guy myself anymore, but I was enamored with it for years. I can only imagine what doing a draft in Vegas would be like with the buddies. That's got to be like a weekend to remember. So I would encourage people to check that out. I personally will be in Vegas for the weekend of the 26th, 27th doing my full house uh, round of signups as well. Looking forward to meeting you in person as well, Derek and um, all the best with running the contest this year. Hopefully we can get you no know, overlay. Hopefully we can promote yeah. this well enough. It's a great contest um, and enough that I'm likely, like I said, where I'm willing to max out entries myself for the chance at winning a huge guaranteed prize, which you just don't get elsewhere. So it's a one of a kind. Uh, all the best, Derek. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks. I look forward to having a couple of beers with you at Bar Canada over at the D on the weekend you're out here. This will be great.
1: Perfect. Thank you.